back to the Blade Experience, everyone. You are joining us for episode 113 today. And just as we did last week, we're going to have a segmented show again. Um, so far, the feedback I've gotten on the last one that just released um, has been positive. So um, I think I like how this is going. And, you know, I think we're just going to keep with the segmented show from now on. Um, so our segments today, we have a segment on For the King which we'll talk about first. That's a uh, game that's a little indie game that's on Game Pass, and it's a lot of fun, so we'll get into that more in detail in a second. Segment two is going to be our Survivor 40 recap. So we're going to talk about what happened on Survivor 40, uh, which players went out, and then it's going to be a personal segment where I um, just talk about something that's on my mind, so it might be kind of um, along the same lines of last week's personal segments, but uh, you'll find out at segment four. So that is kind of the order this time, and um, so I will say that the order might change weekly, but those are kind of the segments we'll be playing with. But we have our guest here. Uh, He's not going to be doing the double segment every single week or anything, but... Um, Zombie's actually going to be here for segments today, so please welcome back to the podcast, Zombie Killermont. How are you, Zombie? Good, good. So we have some, uh, For the King to get into, and, um, I think Zombie can attest to better than pretty much anyone that ever since I found this game, um, probably like early last month, I've been kind of obsessed with it. Yeah. Yeah, he has been really obsessed with it. <laughs> Any free time, like literally at all, any free time he's had, he's been trying to get me to come on and play it with him constantly. And uh Yep. I mean it's a good game in itself, so I'm I'm fine with playing it. To be honest, I kinda got a bit addicted to it as well, but not as bad as Lee's did. It is just really addicting, honestly, and like I've had less gaming time lately because of all the personal stuff going on. So like I, even more of my gaming time has gone to For the King. It's just like, well, I want to just play some For the King, you know, like, go through the story a little bit, like... Yeah, I'm like, oh, you know and... what, do you want to play some uh, Death by Daylight, or, you know, some Civ 6, or anything I'll suggest another game, I'm like, nope, For the King, that's the only thing we're playing, the only thing I'll suggest, that's it, For the King. And it brings me to the next question of this, well, I... it's like, we're thinking For the King, right? What's For the right. King? Like, what? what's For the King? What are we getting for the king? Trashlantis. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, we have to say Trashlantis. No, no, stop it. No, uh, we're not, we're not, we're, we're, we're not, king. we're not the Monty segment yet, Blaze. Come on, we're swallowing it too early now, eh? Come on. <laughs> Money probably like that. But... Yeah, save it for Monty. Yeah, come, on, we're, we're well away from that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, if you listened to our show last week, um, you, you would get what that joke's about. <laughs> no, but I mean, I did play uh, Civilization Six with you that one time, zombies. So we did, we did break off a long time <laughs> for about half an hour. We did nothing. <laughs> no, we we played Civ Six for like four or five hours that day. Yeah, but by the time we finished, it basically looked like we'd done nothing. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a story for a different day, but oh. the AI kind of screwed me over. So. Yeah, and it just reverted back to what it was when we first started. 
Uh, that's hilarious. But for the king, though, um, how would you personally describe what this game is, Zombie? Dungeons and Dragons. Well, in game form. In video game form, essentially. Yeah, that, that's probably a good way to describe it, honestly. Um, it's described as a strategy RPG. Is like the classification of what game it is, and I think it's a really cool genre. Um, it's turn-based, which... Honestly, I love turn-based a lot more than uh, RTS. That's my personal taste, because for a turn-based game, you get to, as it says, you know, take turns, and then the enemy takes their turn, and then you take your turn. For RTS, it's kind of all at the same time. And it is, for RTS, it just is a little bit more jumbled for my taste. For turn-based, I like to really think and analyze about it, and... A turn-based game, that gives you the time to really think and analyze a lot. And that's why um, something like this I enjoy, or um, like Wasteland 3 I think I'm going to enjoy a lot, because that's turn-based as well. So things like that, uh, Blood Bowl I enjoy this turn-based. Or actually, Blood Bowl has both types, but I like the turn-based version. So basically, this has a lot of different campaigns. It's kind of like a Dungeons & Dragons, like Zombie said. You have the main campaign, which is just called For the King, because that's like the main storyline. You have a campaign called Hillebrand's Cellar. You have a dungeon crawl. You have Gold Rush. You have Frost Adventure and Into the Deep. So those are the kind of uh, campaign versions. And then you have different characters, you have different consumables, and lots of different stuff. But basically, you can play this single or multiplayer. You can play it as a solo player and have three characters on your uh, party. Or you can play it in multiplayer and have up to three people playing with you. It's only uh, up to three players, but it is available on Xbox. It's available on uh, Steam. And I think it just came to Nintendo Switch recently as well. I don't know if it's on PS4. Do you know if it is on I have no idea. Not the only one on PS4. Yeah, not, on, so it I might be on PS4. It. I'm not sure. But um, basically, you weave your own unique tales, and it spans across different realms. You trek across perilous badlands, trudge through poisonous swamps, brave the high seas, and explore the mystical forest. The land is in chaos, and the odds are stacked against you. Answer the call and help bring peace back to Farul. Farul is kind of like the the world that we're in. Um, and basically, the main campaign, the king is dead. He's murdered by an unknown assailant. Now the once peaceful king of Farul is in peril. With nowhere left to turn and strength beyond her means, the queen has put out a desperate plea to the citizens to rise up and stem the tide of impending doom. Set off with your makeshift party, either single player or co-op, on a epic quest to find what answers you can. Brave the elements, battle creatures, both monstrous and evil. Sail across the seas and delve into many caves and dungeons that dot the land. And for the king, every turn matters. Uh, fight and die as a party in brutal and intense turn-based combat, using a unique slot system for attacks or special skills and abilities. Find and gather herbs for your trusty pipe to heal your wounds and cure your ailments. Mass ancient artifacts and treasure that will help you on your adventure. Set a safe camp for evening or brave the horrors that nightfall brings. 
Collect lore and strategically and permanently unlock the mysteries and mechanics of the places that you find for the future. How you decide to save the land is entirely up to you. Or the king. Treshlantis! It was going well until so, um, you said that at the end. Just saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did that for uh, you, zombie. Uh, you know, brave the high seas, but you know, don't do but, a blaze um, and direct me into the path of a kraken. <laughs> But basically, I read that description off of uh, Gamepedia. That's where I found that. And that kind of describes, you know, like, the gist of it. And honestly, um, I don't know if you'd agree, Zombie, but story-wise, it's not, like, the greatest story in the world. It's, like, you know, kind of a basic story, like, oh, the king's dead. Like, you know, go over here and, you know, yeah. kill this guy that, like, might have information. Like, it's not really, like, the most robust story in the world. But the mechanics and the gameplay is so much fun that it's really addicting. Like, so the, the lack of story doesn't really um, bother you, in my opinion, because you always have like a new quest to do, and you're going from like point A to point B, you know, trying to get your quest done, doing some side quests along the way. So like the story never really bothered me what the story was because there's so many different enemies and so many different things you can do that. I never really got bothered by, like, the story not being up to snuff, really. Yeah, yeah, same. I mean, like, as well as having the special, like, uh, events that would pop up around the map and all that as well, which also, like, helped, like, like you be more invested in the game with all these random events that were going on that were specialized for certain people. Like, it's a lot of fun with that. And there's also the... Uh, key communication of direction and not leading your team into a kraken that will murder everybody. <coughs> Blaze. Yeah. I didn't do that. Yes, you did. <laughs> you went, let's go, no, let's go left to the buoy, and then there's a kraken there. No, 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 no. <laughs> you can't disparage my name, zombie. That was Kitten that said to do that, and you're the one that did it. I was completely out of that decision. I was just a bystander. <laughs> It was you suggested it first, and then Kitten went with you. And I was like, I'll oh, screw it, then I'll go with the majority. I did not suggest it first. <laughs> yeah, you did. We're going to have to get this on stream, Zombie, or something. You know, that way we can uh, verify this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yes, there are Krakens in the water, <laughs> and on land, there's something called a Chaos Beast. <laughs> and... They're actually achievements for um, killing both of those, so eventually we have to kill both of those and get to shoot if we want to do it. Yeah. Though I love how we were worrying that much about these like massive bosses, like Chaos is like a meter within the game, and if it gets too high, you have to kill these things in order to lower it, or else more overpowered enemies come out and essentially try to murder you, right? And I love how we right. were freaking out, basically going to these enemies and being like, oh my god, we're going to have a hard time versing them. We go into it, and I'm pretty sure I ended up won it in the first one that we we, we bloody verse. <laughs> we, I like won it, and I'm like, was that it? Hold on. Well, we never faced the Chaos Beast though. The Chaos Beast, yeah. assuming, is really tough. So I'm kind of curious how bad he is because yeah. the Chaos Beast doesn't come out until you get to three Chaos, which is the max, and then he comes out to the game board, and then he tries to chase you. So, um. We were always really good about keeping Chaos down, so we never had to face it yet. Until we got to the end. What he's like. <laughs> Until we got to the end, and then it became a problem. 
No, it didn't really matter at the end, though, because, I mean, we got chaos <laughs> down enough that when we went to the end, end tower, um, we are only one chaos left, so it didn't really matter that much. No, I mean, like, just the, like, the bits in the air balloon before we reached the tower, like, when it was, like, constantly going right. to three. <laughs> That's when we struggled. But let's, uh, take this back a little bit, so... Um, obviously the main game is probably what you want to start out with, um, before going on to any other campaigns. Yeah. So, let's talk about, um, just some of the stats that are involved in the game. Because the stats are, you know, critical to, uh, playing the entire game. You basically want to play to the strength of your individual character. So, the stats that we have are strength. Vitality, Intelligence, Awareness, Talent, Speed, Luck, Armor, Resistance, and Evasion. So, Evasion is pretty self-explanatory. It's you know, how well you can evade enemies. So, that will be shown um, on your character sheet. And basically, the higher evasion you have, the higher percentage chance that you have to dodge enemy attacks. So, certain characters have better than that. Uh, others, like for example, a zombie can attest to my hunter character. He has really good evasion. That's like kind of his specialty, is you know evading stuff. Yeah, we pretty much kept avoiding everything, and I took all the hits because my character couldn't dodge. But you know what? <laughs> but that's the thing, though. Zombie is like e each character has like a purpose, and the purpose of your character that you're playing with the blacksmith. His purpose is to be the tank. So your purpose is to take clients. Well, he or she, because they could be either. True, true. Just yes. saying. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. My my role was basically like I had vitality up there, I had physical stats up there, but then everything else started lacking because of the fact that my character's a tank, and that's all they're good for. So they're just in there to take the hits and then walk back out as if nothing happened. <laughs> But I will say, though, your character with the strength base and everything, they actually have some of the most powerful weapons of the game. Like, yeah, we're getting, like, axes that deal, like, you know, 30 to 50 damage, and meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. I'm using a stick that does, like, 16. I'm like, zombie, my stick does 16 damage. Here, I'm gonna poke it. <laughs> I'll just poke it. I love what you said that when we did it. Just, like, I'm the, like, doing a crowd move that wipes, like, all the enemies out nearly. And then I die, and he's like, I've got a stick. I'll just poke it and see how much damage I'll do. <laughs> yep. And you know what? It doesn't do a lot of damage because he. I think I'm pretty sure you only got like three, wasn't it? Because you like you crit failed it. Well, it, it depends on their armor and stuff like that too. I mean. But yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure you I, like I prefer, three. Into it. If if I'm using the hunter, I prefer the bows, but it just depends on the stats of each weapon. Like there are some really good bows that are useful for the hunter, but um, it just depends where you find them in the world because. Basically, each person or each character starts with a starting weapon, and then after that, you have to go throughout the world and find them, find more weapons, and uh, purchase them. So, you might get lucky and find, like, oh, wow, this zombie, this weapon is really good for your stat, or, oh, wow, this weapon is really good for me. But, like, um, when we played, it took me a long time before I saw a weapon that was actually decent for my character, because I was just having bad luck. We were finding like all the weapons for you and all the weapons for um the scholar. So I was just having really bad luck finding weapons. So like it was late into the game, I was having a weapon that was like way underpowered compared to you guys. And I'm like, well, I can't do anything about it. So yeah, yeah, I know. 
But just going over some of these stats um, more briefly here, we have armor is basically the physical damage that you present. Prevent, sorry. So basically, say a zombie had 10 armor, and an enemy attacked him with 20 physical damage, he would take 10 damage. So pretty self-explanatory. Resistance is the magical resistance. So say zombie had 5 magical resistance, enemy attacked him with 10 magic power, he takes 5 damage. So that's kind of how that works. It's pretty uh, self-explanatory there. Um, luck is a hidden stat. It kind of affects a variety of things throughout the game. It's mainly used for gambling, um, different encounters that come from the game. And basically, everyone seems to start with, like, a fairly low luck, but then you can add items to your character to kind of increase it. And, uh, you can have a better chance of some of these gambling odds. Speed affects how your character moves. So it's going to affect um, how you move across the game board, you know, how fast you can do that. So, and it's also going to attack your, uh, affect your attack frequency, your combat initiatives. So like, um, what if you attack before your enemies do, it's going to affect fleeing, evasion, and other skills like that. So basically it affects all those kind of things. And for example, Zombie Scareth, the blacksmith, has really bad speed. So basically he would not only be slow moving across the game board, but when we actually fought in battles, he would get a lot less turns than the rest of us because his character is really slow, so the enemies are a lot faster. <laughs> yeah. So most of the time, I just literally just sat there just having a drink while, you know, they basically did the battle for me. <laughs> yeah, there was times where, like, six uh, six attacks would go by, and, like, Zombie hasn't even had, had attack yet. He's like, well, okay, I'm just going to sit like, here. <laughs> well, guys, I just let you fight then. It's clearly not my fight. <laughs> exactly but that's it's kind of a nice trade-off though because i mean if you think about it even though a lot of attacks are going by before zombie attacks his attacks are usually more powerful overall so it kind of makes up for it and that's what i kind of like about this game is it seems to have a very good balance between what character does what well yeah because like in most situations i felt like we, we could see when we were doing it that if we were in a really bad situation, by the time it did get to me and we were losing the fight, essentially, then me doing one of my power moves was able to even like level the playing field almost immediately. Even if that was my only attack of the game, I was able to level the playing field. So exactly. I liked how that worked. And there are items, too, that you can use to kind of help in different situations. Like, for example, there's an item in the game called Dancing Nettle, and that item will actually make you faster for a short period of time. So, for example, if Zombie uses that on his first turn, then it actually changes the turn order and gives him more turns throughout the battle. Well, I mean, I mean that would be obvious, because, I mean, I'm dancing on nettles, for crying out loud. I mean, it bloody well hurt. <laughs> well, yeah, you just put some streamers in your pipe and you smoke that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it promotes that, yeah. Putting <laughs> <laughs> random herbs into a pipe and then smoking them, yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but um then we have talent. Um talent is like kind of natural aptitude. It's uh has to do a lot with musical instruments and guns. So um like the minstrel, for example, he uses talent based weapons. We haven't played with him a lot, but um there are characters that have a talent as their highest stat and then you're trying to look for, like, musical items and things like that, like loots that um, are your best weapons to use. Awareness is another stat. 
this is the stat that's uh, best for the hunter, for example. And that's uh, a stat that goes well with bows. It goes well with, um, like, pole arms or um, spears, things like that. And it's really good for, like, ambushing enemies. Intelligence is a really good stat for a lot of your magical weapons. So the scholar um, has mostly intelligence stuff there. And basically, you're going to have, like, your spell tomes. You're going to have, like, your magic staffs. Um, there are a couple of physical weapons that actually have a high intelligence stat as well. But it's basically uh, for your kind of magical character more so. Vitality. This um, just depends on your HP, basically. So it, each character starts with 25 HP as their base health, plus 10% of their vitality with any remainder thrown away. So... For example, as listed in here, a busker with 68 vitality would start the game with 25 plus 6.8, which equals 31.8 health. So basically, you throw away the remainder and they have 31 health. So that's kind of like the formula they use for it. So, uh, most vitality, I believe the blacksmith has the most vitality of any starting character. He just uh, starts with a high HP and it's kind of helpful that he actually has a higher HP because he is a tank character, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, strength, which we already talked about, that's just, you know, for a lot of physical damage weapons. Um, for the blacksmith, I think there might be another character that has a high strength value, but uh, it's basically a lot of bladed and blunt weapons. So. You have any other uh, comments on our stats, Zambi? Um, Not really, it's just the fact that uh, each class is basically meant for something, and don't think by picking a certain class that it's useless, because all of them are good in their own particular way. You just got to get used to them. Right. And then there's skills in the game too. I'm not going to go through every single skill because there's a lot of them, but just to kind of give you an example, um, there's a skill called Elite Flea, which can be on a weapon or it can be on your character already. And basically, Elite Flea, it uh, flees with only one single speed check. So, for example, if you're in a bad spot and you want to flee a battle, all characters that don't have this, they require two successful rolls of the dice. That's basically how the game works. Is like the game virtually rolls dice for you. And you have to roll two successful rolls of the dice to flee. But Elite Flea, you only have to roll one, and then you get out of there. So, um... That actually came up in, like, this, um, I forget what he was, but he's, like, kind of some Father Time type character, and we were trying to escape from him, and I got to escape from him pretty fast, but, like, other people couldn't. Yeah. That was really in time, because we said we, we nearly lost a life from that one. <laughs> we did, yes. Um, the Woodcutter, for example, he starts with a skill called Justice. Occasionally deals splash damage after a perfect roll with a two-handed weapon. So that's, like, another example of weapon you have there. Mm. Yeah, I I tried him out actually, zombie uh, offline. You weren't there for that one, but he's kind of cool actually. Uh, one of the best skills is Party Heal, which kind of makes sense what it is. But a character may apply God's Beard to the entire party once as slightly reduced effectiveness, combat only. So basically, it doesn't do the same amount of healing as a regular God's Beard would do to your single character, but it does kind of um a mass skill to your whole party. And then there's some other ones like uh, Refocus, for example. A character will occasionally gain one focus point at the end of their turn, which kind of helps out. Um, 
And just to mention one more, there's like more, a lot more of these, like I'm saying, but we're just mentioning a couple ones that we've seen used a lot. There's one called Steadfast, which um, was on Zombie's character that he actually got to use a lot. Character occasionally blocks all damage from accessible enemy attacks. So um, there's some like really big enemies sometimes that would go to attack Zombie's blacksmith. And then it would just say steadfast, and then he blocks it all. So yeah, it would just block everything. Just like nope, <laughs> don't even try it. So yeah, it, it's kind of cool that they have like some of these uh, skills involved there. So there's a lot more skills to check out there, but that's kind of some of the main ones we've seen I uh, use a lot. So yeah. But um, then there's some abilities that are basically used for your different weapons. So just to mention a couple of these, for example, um, some weapons have armor pierce, which, you know, makes sense what it is. It just goes straight through the armor. Um, that is for an awareness stat. There's uh, one called blast. That's for an intelligence character. And that's magic damage. There's area blast, which is kind of like an area attack. Uh, there's chop, which has like a lot of uh, physical weapons that zombie does, for example, it has like axe kind of based weapons. Uh, there's charges, and then there's like uh, ones called like fire arc, fire blast, so things like that. They have a chance to actually deal fire damage to the enemy. So you have a bunch of different abilities like that that can actually deal different things. So like there's um some of them may like freeze an enemy. And then there's um, skills like Power Strike, for example. Power Strike is uh, an example of a strength-based one that I've seen zombies before where it's harder to hit because it has a low, lower odd of actually successfully hitting. But if you use some focus to give it more of a chance, then you can actually deal a lot more damage in regular attacks. So, like, for example, zombie's regular attack might be like 30. But if he does a power strike and then he uses some focus to make sure it has a better chance of hitting, he might be able to do like 50 to 60 damage to one enemy. Yeah, it was really overpowered that, but obviously I never, I rarely hit it. It was like, I think it was like a couple of occasions where I actually was able to nail the actual shot. But uh, most of the times when we did need it, I would fumble and screw up the roll and not get it. So it ruined the roll entirely. Which sucks. <laughs> yeah. And um, we haven't really explained this too much, Zombie, so before we go further, do you want to explain what focus is and kind of what that's used for? Because I did mention you can use focus to give you better odds for your stuff, but we should probably mention more what focus is. Uh, yeah. So essentially, uh, focus is... Uh, basically points that you get or you can like max them out as you carry on throughout the game and what they're used for is to like upgrade your percentages on certain things so like for random events for fights and for a lot of more things and it's basically to up your odds rather than like obviously so for example uh, an attack like my attacks uh, would usually hit I had like a, I don't know a 56% chance out of 100 to hit my attack so I'd use focus to make it so I had a better chance of hitting that. So that way I could actually hit the move. Same with uh, random events that took place. So for example, like so some random events, I'd have a 90% chance of doing it correctly. 
and not, you know, end up killing myself doing so or taking damage for the whole party because the last thing I want is, like, you know, everyone to blame me for getting everyone killed at the end. So, uh, what, so what I do is use focus and what all of us do is use focus to make sure we basically had the best enough chance that we had in order to obviously pass the roll and not screw it up. Because the last thing you want to do in this game is screw up your rolls. Because if you do, it could mean that you die. I'll take a bunch of damage. It's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, basically, a zombie described it there. Um, focus is kind of like... Think of it as, like, guaranteed dice rolls. Because, like, you're basically rolling dice to try and get your uh, attacks off effectively. Or to um, get good rolls against, like, encounters that happen. Things like that. So, basically, focus is kind of like a guaranteed dice roll. So, say, for example, you're using a weapon that has five slots to it. So, it has five slots. That means you have to roll five times. If you use four focus, then, basically, you're already guaranteed to hit four of those dice rolls out of five. And you're probably going to have a very high chance of actually getting your full roll off. But if you use just one focus, you might have a lesser chance. If you use none at all, then there's more of a chance that you're going to have some failed dice rolls in there. And if you have a weapon that's breakable, if all of your dice rolls fail, that's a critical fail, and then your weapon actually breaks, which uh, has happened to me before, and it kind of sucks. Yeah, I, I can't. There's a story too that which I love because you enter. Oh, there's a there's there's a place that I want to take out. Oh, I could do it one v three. He goes in. First roll he does, gets a critical fail and his weapon breaks, and then he just gets his ass kicked, and I laughed my head off. <laughs> I didn't so die, funny. though. He didn't die, he, he managed to flee in time, but I just loved how, like, he was being really arrogant going into it, but, oh, I can take all of them, it's fine, and then got his ass kicked. It was really funny. <laughs> but contrast that, though, zombie, I had that epic fight on the ghost ship where oh, I yeah. actually took all three ghosts to survive. Like, yeah. I should not have survived that battle. That was, that was, such a, that was an um, MPP I, moment, though. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that like, one. the MPV one of the entire game. Like, I mean... Because against the ghost ship, it wouldn't let me flee. So I had to use, like, every item I had. Like, I had to use, like, God's beards and everything. Yeah, and he was panicking. It was There's actually this really, <laughs> this really cool item called the cave mushroom. And I used the cave mushroom. And Zombie can kind of tell you what the cave mushroom did for me. <laughs> yeah, so it basically saved him from death. So every time he died, he just got back up. Every time he died, he got back up. And <laughs> continuously, even though it's only supposed to work once, it just kept doing it. And I don't know what the hell was happening. No, it's not supposed to only work once. It's just for a short amount of time, basically, it prevents you from death. So, like, you'll go down to one health, and then every attack the enemy does, uh, and it lands on you, it'll just stay still alive. So, like, I think it's, like, a set number of attacks you can take with it on until it wears off. And um, it, it stayed on long enough that I just stayed alive. Because, luckily, I had a Sanctum when I went in there, too. And Sanctums, uh, we haven't talked about yet, but... Basically, sanctums are kind of like um, like stone pillars that you worship and devote yourself to. If you devote yourself to a certain like stone pillar, then you get a certain effect from that. So, like one of the effects might be um, an extra max focus. Another effect might be um, extra speed, or another effect might be ten um, percent more gold. Just you know, to shout out some random things, basically. But if you devote yourself to a certain sanctum, you have that sanctum until you die. But if you die, it's actually like a free life because basically you just get back up and you lose the sanctum. 
And I went into that uh, epic battle with the Sanctum on, so I had like a free life from that as well. Then I used the Cave Mushroom, and like, so I had like a lot of free lives, and <laughs> I just kept using like all the stuff I had, and I eventually killed these ghosts. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was Although I, I will say, um, at, at the end of killing them, um, Zombie will attest to my character was pretty beat up, and um, they needed to go to a town very fast to get more stuff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty beat up at that point. <laughs> yeah, I just loved the panic in that when he first, like when when that fight first started and he realized he couldn't flee. He was just like, "Oh god, what do I do?" He just started throwing everything to the fire. I was like, "I'll use this. I'll use this. I'll use that. I'll use this." <laughs> just like throwing everything. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. I can just imagine like if that was like um, if that was like a movie. I could just imagine the person like going into the backpack and starting throwing things out everywhere. The enemies are just watching and panic. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like looking around for the teammates yeah, realizing nobody said they're throwing stuff it. everywhere it's like ah oh, where is it <laughs> uh, well and that's actually an important point to make too is that if your teammates are close enough to you you actually fight battles with all three of your teammates or maybe just two of them but if you're like off on your own you fight the battle by yourself so that's why you have to kind of strategically decide okay well are we all going to try and stick together a little bit, or are we all going to go off on our own? So what we tried to do is, for, you know, single one-on-one battles, we were kind of fine to take those on on our own. But if it's, like, a big battle, like, um, say we're taking out, like, a whole camp of enemies, we usually tried to fight that all together because it makes more sense to have our full force against, like, a full force of three people. Though most of the time it was only two people because I could never catch up. Because my speed true. was awful. <laughs> so I'd always be lagging behind, and Blaze would be like, oh my god, hurry up, zombie, please, so we can go on to the next objective. And I'd be like, well, I'm sorry, my character's slow, I can't bloody help it. <laughs> yes. And then things like dungeons, you actually pull your entire team into that, but only if you're all in the same realm. And usually, um, kind of like Zombie's saying here, like, we'd be in a different realm, technically, because you can tell, like, by the hexes. The uh, game board is divided into hexes. And you can tell by the hexes what color they're on, what realm you're in. So Zombie would still be lagging behind the last realm. We'd be like, all right, come on, Zombie, get into the realm. Hurry up. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I've got all day. <laughs> like, I'm going as fast as I can. I'm sorry, God. <laughs> but um, then we have some status effects. And... These can be a nightmare for you, for sure. Um, oh, I'm going to list off some of these here, but <laughs> basically there is status effects in the game, and you can have immunities against these which prevent them, but if you don't have immunities against them, they can really make your life um, kind of a nightmare. Yeah. Um, so you have wet, which disables all immunities for single characters, so basically it takes away all of your immunities. Yep. You have Stunned, characters briefly halted on the timeline, so basically takes away some of your turns for a little bit. You have Shock, the first slot is an automatic miss on every roll, can be overcome with focus points. So basically when you roll, say you have like uh, three slots, your first slot is automatically going to miss. You have Scared, which is a really bad one, character automatically flees on the next turn or hides if they can't flee, so that's really bad because then basically you leave the battle like your teammates are just left to fight it. Um, you have poison deal small amounts of damage every turn reduce all stats by 5 and can be stacked frozen 
character takes 25% more damage. So we finally know what that is, because we, we couldn't tell what that did, but now we finally know. So you take 25% more damage when you first pass. That makes sense. I didn't notice that. I wasn't yeah, taking like... I didn't notice either. Though, that might have been because I had like tons of health, so it wasn't really affecting me as much. So I didn't really notice. Um, there's fleeing. The enemy will attempt to flee next turn. That's like um, the cut purse and things like that, where you know, it actually tries to steal money and then flee, basically. Yeah. Days, characters, briefly halt in the timeline. This one we never saw, so I don't know what character gives you this, but this sounds pretty bad. Uh, there's something called a death mark, which instant death after several turns. This can be only be avoided by ending the battle. So apparently there's a death mark zombie that you get instant death after several turns. I'm That's guessing bad. the cultists would have gave you that, but because we all gain immunity to it, like, right off the bat, like, yeah. it just never affected us, so. Um, there's curses. Character takes a large penalty to civic stat. Will not wear off. Must be cured. This one's pretty bad as well. Confused. Character oh, takes random this. actions, including using consumables or changing equipment. So, I like, hate if you're confused, that. it might, like, change your weapon. It might um, use your god's beards when you don't want to, when you're already healed or something like that. It it might even make you flee. Like, it made me flee one time. I'm like, what the hell? Because there's one time where I was almost going to win a battle. I'm like, yes, I'm going to win this battle. We're going to be done with this guy. It made me flee. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, that that should not be allowed. Like, <laughs> I, I understand, like, you know, using random stuff on you. But, like, confused should not make you flee because that's, that's just kind of cheap. Yeah, I understand scared would make you flee. Fair enough. That makes sense. But confused would it make someone just go, oh, I'm just going to walk off now. Like, no, it wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't do that. They'd have the common sense to realize that they're in a fight still, but they're just confused about what happened. And they're just knowing that they have to fight. Like, they wouldn't just go, oh, well, I'm going by. Yeah, pretty much. That's such an annoying... That was so annoying, though. That's why I, that's why I always just, like, carried around, like, one weapon so it can never get switched. <laughs> But we have um, three more here. Burning deals small amounts of damage every turn. Bleeding deals large amounts of damage but may not trigger every turn. And then we have the worst status effect of all of them. Remember what that is, Zombie? Oh, acid. Acid. Yep, acid. acid. If you get acid, acid... will destroy a random piece of equipment every few turns. If you get acid <laughs> on any of your stuff... Make sure you have a Panax. If you don't, say bye-bye to a bunch of your things, because they're all just going to get melted, and it's not fun. <laughs> and it's a pain in the ass. It didn't happen can to melt me, your weapons, it, it can melt happened. your like, coats. Like. <laughs> it didn't happen to me, thank God, but it happened to Blaze, and Blaze was pretty pissed, because it was one of his well, really good coats. It, it actually happened... It actually happened worse to um, Scholar, that kitten oh, was yeah, Remember, yeah. She, remember lost she lost everything. two weapons right in a row. So yeah, she lost literally everything. Literally two weapons much. in a row. So she's down, she's down to like her third best weapon. Yeah, she like pretty much lost everything that made her good, essentially. <laughs> like She lost a good piece yeah, of clothing. So. <laughs> she lost two of her good weapons. She lost a few of her items. Uh, I was just there. But we were watching it happen, and we were like, oh my god, no. <laughs> like, we were like, kitten's gonna kill us. Because it was like one of the well, days that she wasn't up. available. Yeah, it was one of the days she wasn't available, so it was like, Kitten's going to kill us when she comes on and realizes that we lost all of her stuff. <laughs> She's going to murder <laughs> us. And event you guys aren't familiar to, uh, we're referring to Kitten Claws, who um, we met in the stream, and um, she kind of plays this game offline with us a lot. So. Yeah. She kind of enjoys the game, too. 
And any time she didn't play, was it was the time the game went, you know what? It's time to screw her over because that's always what happened. <laughs> and then we'd look but, like um, really just moving in- through, though. guilty for it, so... Fun times. Um, just a couple of the good consumables. We already mentioned some, but God's Beard is the one that heals you, so that's really good. Golden Root is really good because it restores your focus. Um, in my opinion, probably the best consumable is probably the Cave Mushroom. I mean, we already talked about it. Like, Cave Mushroom is so powerful, so in my opinion, that's one of the best uh, consumables you can get. I don't know if you agree with that, Zombie, but... Yeah, the Cave Mushroom's really good. Like, oh my god, it's broken. <laughs> it is broken. <laughs> but it's kind of rare that you don't see it that often. That's that's why like, yeah. I think it's a good balance, because you don't see it too often. But when you see it, it's like, oh damn. Yeah, you'll probably see it, like, max, I think, is like three times in a single game. Before then, it just won't turn up anymore. So it's just use them wisely. Use them like Blaze would, where if he's in a situation where he knows he's going to die, use it. So Exactly. Uh, Panax, which Zombie mentioned several times, that's basically something to get rid of ailments. So if you're bleeding, if you're poisoned, if you have acid on you, anything like that, Panax will get rid of that. Yeah, that saves you. Um, there is something called Fairy Dust we actually use a couple times, too. Fairy Dust is basically like a taunt, and it basically makes the enemies attack you first. So we use that on Zombie a few times. He's our tank, so we use Fairy Dust on him. The enemies go after him, and then we can try and um, stay alive. Yeah, and heal, essentially, because half of them are on low health. Right. I wasn't being attacked for whatever reason. So, you know. Because, you know, in games, you figure they take out the tank first. But no, apparently they just leave me alone half the battles. They just don't even focus me. And I'm just like, why? Why are they doing this? This is a really bad strategy. Yeah, that's what they do, though, so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different consumables. Um, there's one called a mead, for example. Mead will block the next attack that comes towards you. So there's just lots of different uh, consumables in the game. So yeah, and there, there's so much to cover in this game. Like we're honestly probably not gonna be able to cover all of it. Yeah, literally, today. we're only covering about probably about ten percent of this game right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like there's so and that's much why more. I. I I 100% guarantee we're going to podcast about this game in the future again, because there's just a lot of this game I love, and like, for example, all the DLCs, like Hildebrand Cellar, Dungeon Crawl, all that, we're probably going to do, like, a podcast on, like, each DLC, or at least do, like, maybe, okay, two DLCs in one podcast, and then two more in another podcast, but as we talked about the kind of the main story, a little bit how that works, but basically you have different realms, um, there might be, like, a fire realm, there might be a, a wood realm um different things like that there's a lot of different creatures in the game um from like anything there's like water creatures there's frost creatures there's um skeletons the dungeons are really fun too the dungeons are basically um you all go down there together and it can be multiple floors and basically you just go through the enemies or you go through the encounters in the dungeon and that's kind of fun. Each town, like we were mentioning, has a shop to it. And in the shops, you'll have different random items. But one of the cool things about the towns is a lot of them have quests you can do. And doing a small quest will get you access to either more gold, um, reduced chaos, uh, a special item or something like that. So if you do the quest, usually what the quest is is like um, go kill a certain enemy. 
or the quest will be um, go here, grab an item, and bring it back. Yeah. They're very basic, but they're worth doing. Definitely. And then your character, um, your character has different things they can put on them. There's your weapons, obviously. There's shields, which, honestly, I don't really see the shields as being that useful for a lot of characters. Like, I don't know if you agree with that, Zombie, but the shields, I mean, there's not any character right now that I can see, like, oh, I want a shield in that character. Because, like, even your character, your character works better with the two-hand weapons, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, there's headgear, armor, footwear, trinkets, necklaces, and pipes. And pipes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just love the emphasis and... put on that. <laughs> yeah. And pipes. <laughs> I love that. Uh, if you kill like boss enemies, you might get like special uh, items that drop. Like for example, Fraby's locks is a special headdress that you get if you kill um, this witch witch character and basically gives you curse immunity, burn immunity, shock immunity, freeze immunity, and water immunity. So you can get like special uh, items from bosses that you know, help you out as well. Yeah, and then there's one boss that we had trouble with, which was such a pain in the backside, I would watch out and kill it immediately and don't do the mistake we did. Yeah, you talking about the royal roll. It's like a jester. Yeah, yeah. the jester who screws up your rolls no matter what you're doing. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's bad. It's awful. Like we'd explain it more, but just experience it for yourself, and then you can realize how Definitely. much of a pain in the backside he is. <laughs> oh, I found myself so but, many times um... swerving at him. I was like, "Oh my god, would you please fuck off?" <laughs> <laughs> But then we have the lore store. Basically, the more stuff you do in different game modes, so like, uh, say you get to a certain point in the story, or if you're in like the Celebrant Cellar, if you get to a certain point in the cellar, you earn lore. And basically, the more lore you earn, you can use that in the lore store, and it's kind of like an in-game currency. So like, say you earn five lore, you can go into the lore store and unlock other things to use in the game. So there's new characters you can use. Um... There's new weapons you can use, new locations that you can visit in the game, new encounters. Uh, there's new cosmetics you can put on your characters. So it's kind of a cool system, I think. And I'm sure Zombie will agree with that. It's like basically you just earn lore and then you can decide like, oh, I want to see this in the game next time I play. So you just you know, spend some lore on it and then you get that. And I do like, too, how it's not um, a paid currency. So you can't just like pay for like 20 lore or something. You have to actually earn it. And I, I enjoy that. Yeah, I enjoy doing that as well. Like, you have to earn everything in this game. You can't just go, oh, I'm going to get stuff for free without doing anything at all. Yay. Because, no, <laughs> you, you, that doesn't work. Right. And then last but not least, um, the four characters you start with access to, the Blacksmith, the Hunter, the Scholar, and the Minstrel. Our winning team was Blacksmith, Hunter, Scholar. Uh, we have used the Minstrel a little bit. In the lore store, you can buy access to the Trapper, the Busker, and the Herbalist, and the Woodcutter. Those are the uh, ones you can buy access to in there. And then there's kind of three secret characters that you have to unlock access to. There's one called the Hobo, which I just got um, like a day or so ago. Basically, the Hobo, there's a certain uh, thing you have to do in the game to get access to him and unlock him. And then there's a character called the Monk. 
which is accessed by the Frost Adventure DLC. I won't uh, spoil how yet. And then there's a character called the Treasure Hunter. You access that one by the Into the Deep DLC. So there's two uh, DLC characters. But if you get this game on Game Pass, you get access to all the DLCs instantly, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. But um, I, I think we went through as much as we really could, Zombie. This went way longer than I thought, but like, yeah. there's just so much to this game. So, uh, Do you have anything else to say about For the King? Um, I think we covered everything. I think we did too. I mean, there's you know a lot more details to get into, but you know, like I said, the next time I podcast about this, I'll get into some more of the details. But yeah, um, hopefully you guys enjoy this. I mean, like honestly, um, so far in 2020, this is the game that I've absolutely played the most in 2020, and Zombie can attest to that. Like I've been obsessed with this game. This game is a lot of fun, and I will absolutely be streaming this on stream at some point. Um, maybe not like the first week back. I'm not sure, but I will definitely be streaming on for, uh, stream. Yep, fair enough. Right, it is a lot of fun, and you'll get to see how much of uh, how much tr- sh- uh, strategic work goes into us playing it. So yeah, <laughs> yes. As soon as I can actually say the word, but you know. But um, how can people contact you if they want to contact you, Zombie? Uh, well, you can find me in Blazes Streams all the time, and uh, you can find me on uh, Discord, uh, Blazes Discord most of the time uh, at Zombie Kilima. All right, and uh, for me, you can contact me via email, theblazeexperience at gmail dot com. Find me on Twitter or um, Xbox Live Gamer Tag, which is going to be at Blaze Experience, capital B L A I S E, capital X P E R I T, and you can find me in the Discord, which will be in the show notes. And the reason why we're saying this now is because we are going to be moving on to our next segment. But I realized that this did start out as a gaming podcast, so some of you might only want to hear the gaming stuff, and if that's the case, that's fine. So if you are leaving now, I understand, and you know, um, you know, I don't take any offense to it. So I hope you enjoyed this segment. But if you are moving on with us, we're going to talk about VS Survivor, and um, it, it was a great episode. We'll get into that in segment two, but. Um, this is all winter season, and that's why it's so special. That's why we're talking about it uh, every week because it's 20 winners from 20 seasons, um, from 40 seasons of the show. Basically, Survivor started in the year 2000, and 20 years later, it's you know all winners. So um, it, it's kind of crazy to think about, but it's actually happening, and it's a really cool special season. And that's why Zombie and I are covering it every week. But we will see you in segment two. So thank you, and we'll see you there. Alright, so now we are on to our Survivor segments. I hope you enjoyed our For the King talk. So, I know it's been a little bit since we've had an episode, obviously. Um, we recorded the For the King stuff a while ago at this point. But we had some tech issues on the Monty segment, so all of our stuff we recorded hasn't released. And basically, we originally recorded episode 1 of Survivor talk after that uh, For the King stuff. But now we have changed it to talking about uh, all the four, first four boots together because it doesn't really make sense to release the first episode anymore. So I'm just um, going with this now. So I'm going to have Zombie in here with me again. So Zombie, thank you for joining me for this segment again. Yep, no problem. Hello. And we're talking about the first four boots. So um, let's start off with you know your thoughts on the season overall for the first four boots. 
Do you think uh, the season's been good so far? Yeah, definitely. I think this has been really well. I think this is going to be in my top five, I'll be honest. What I've, what's happened so far. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think this season is probably going to go down as the best season of all time by the end of it. Yeah, it's so. been so good so far. The gameplay has just been great, and I'm not that upset with the boots so far. I mean, like, I think a lot of the big-time players are still involved, so um, I'm pretty happy with how things have gone so far. Yeah. But I guess we can kind of dig into the first boot. Uh, the first boot of the season, you know, spoilers here, of course, for everyone, but the first boot of the season was Natalie Anderson. How did you feel about Natalie? Um... It was really surprising that first boot. Like generally speaking, because of all like because people have gone over like a bunch of like different people. Like people were naming server, even the cast were naming server. Like Natalie's name didn't even come up once, and suddenly now she's out first boot. It was just really surprising, but really well played and thought out by Robin Poverty to do. See, I think really it made well sense, though, because, like, I kind of hope we by surprise, obviously, at the moment, but looking back, she was targeted because of her pair with Jeremy, and that's kind of what this season's been about so far, is if you had an outside-of-the-game relationship with someone, then you were targeted for that. That's basically what uh, this has been about so far. Yeah... Yeah, like those like, all this has been yeah basically targeting people who know each other from outside the game or have been on a different season with somebody. There's a lot of things that come into consideration, and I think her immediately pairing up with uh, Jeremy straight off the bat. I think that's what put a massive target on her. I think if she hadn't made it so obvious, then I think maybe it would have been fine. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Denise or an Adam might have gone, but. I think she made it a bit too obvious by always walking around with him and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, because basically at the start, um, Denise and Adam were kind of caught that they were walking off to the water well by themselves, and that was kind of the big thing that almost got them targeted, but yeah, because got then lost. it kind of switched to Jeremy and Natalie, so... Yeah, because you can see how much of a massive pair they were, because obviously Adam and Denise won't really have known each other. And they were only getting to know each other as they were walking to the water well, getting lost. As it was the true thing that happened, they got lost. <laughs> and because in this game, you can't afford to get lost. That put a target on them because they thought they were going out yeah, for an Yeah, and then Adam's talking to the confessional. He's like, you know, uh, why are they worried about us? Uh, they should be worried about Rob and Parvati's, you know, alliance. They should worry about, you know, Rob and Amber's marriage, as he said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, yeah, so, I agree with you. I found myself I found myself in that first episode agreeing a ton with Adam. I, I really did. I was like, yeah, I agree. I agree. But you try to be an idiot. <laughs> I mean, it, it did suck to see Natalie go, though, because uh, I did want yeah. to see what she could do more. But, of course, there is as of extinction, so she could always, you know, make something happen there. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I, I think... For some of the tribe, that was a bad decision first move, but I think for, um, like, honestly, looking back, I think for Robin Parvati, it probably was the wrong move to target Natalie, because if they would have just went for Adam, I mean, Adam's been more trouble for them than Natalie would have been. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think... Like, if, uh, if they just voted out Adam first, I think that would have been better for Rob overall. Yeah, it would have been. 
I agree. And of course, that first episode, um, basically the alliance is kind of broke down as an old school, sort of new school thing. We had Rob, Ethan, Harvey, and Danny working together. And then we kind of had uh, Jeremy and Michelle were on the outs that first vote. And then we had Adam, Ben, and uh, Denise kind of, you know, working with Rob and his alliance for that first vote, at least. But obviously, since then, Michelle and Jeremy have kind of turned it around. We'll get into that afterwards. But let's head over to uh, the Tikal tribe now and talk about them a little bit, because the second boot, which was in the first episode, was on the Tikal tribe. So uh, what do you think of the Call Tribe and how that's going so far? We haven't seen a lot of them because we've only had one boot, which is this uh, second boot here. But um, I kind of like the dynamics there so far. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I'm loving all these different dynamics because they're playing the, like, when you see them, like, they're not playing the game because obviously they're in trouble and they have to go to tribal. They're literally playing it as if they're getting ready to go to tribal when they're not. They're perfectly safe, but it obviously, if, like, other episodes, but, like, for example, in the second one, like, you still didn't know who was going, even though there was a few people I could have easily picked out of the crowd. One being Amber, for example. Like, right. some of them were obvious, but then they were going for people that weren't so obvious, like Akim. Because of this whole poker alliance that was outside of the game about a year ago that Yule ended up bringing up, which was smart of him to do, because that's, like, showing that he actually researched his way into this game. And it's like, okay, so I see you've been doing your homework. I was like, there's a few key people in that tribe that I think are going to go far. Like, I can point them out right now that are playing fantastic games. Yeah, I think Yule and Sophie are playing amazing yeah. right now. So I think they're going to uh, do well. Kim, Kim's in trouble, though. Definitely. I think she's going to survive a little longer now at this point. I think, um, basically, if I would say at the point we're at right now, we're about to go into the fifth boot. I think that it's going to be Tyson or Sandra from that tribe going at first, if, if that tribe goes to travel. See, I'm against you. I think if uh, Sophie plays the cards right and says, well, you know, she gave me a part of this idol, and it's the thing, she makes the target about herself, and says, well, Kim, I need that other half in order to save herself tonight, and then blindside Kim. That would be a fantastic way to do that. That way she gets the idol for herself. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't see her uh, doing that, really, because yeah, I think um, she's you know working with Yule pretty closely, and I think that their focus right now is on splitting up the rest of the alliance, That and I think Tyson is seen is more dangerous than Kim right now, because Kim is seen yeah. as um, kind of, you know, having no one really to work with right now, and Yule has kind of wanted to work with her, as he said on Twitter. And Tyson right now seems pretty dangerous to Yule. So obviously that's Yule and not Sophie. But I mean, I think Yule and Sophie are kind of in lockstep right now. And I think they're going to kind of uh, go for the same things. Yeah. And uh, we haven't seen much of these two players uh, yet. But also in that same alliance is Nick and Wendell right now. And they've barely been shown in the show since the first episode. But... Um, you know, they're playing a pretty under the radar game right now, and I think they're in a decent position, just they're not as front and center as you and Sophie. Yeah, exactly. Um, and normally when you have those front and center characters, 
they're normal like if you if you look through like every single show those front and center characters most of the time don't make it to the end and those people that don't get as much showing usually are the people that make it to the end or towards the end of the game right so you know what i mean so like i don't know how this pans out but going off experiences it might not be a case that those people that are front and center are out like obviously are out maybe like last vote before the merge or whatever i don't know but i don't see either you or sophie going until the merge has already happened well yeah i mean like there's always the talk of the edit which some people don't like to talk of that much but um i mean with the edit that they're getting right now you and sophie are gonna have a decent part of the season it's pretty obvious that i mean yeah I think I could still see Yule um, potentially going out in like a big vote, you know, post-merge. But I kind of agree with you that they're not going to go out until um, after the merge happens. Exactly, yeah. And I think it might be a case of like a Rob or a party that teams up to get him out. Like to get everybody together, like a massive thing to get Yule out. Although what I could see is because Nick and Wendell are quiet right now... I could actually see one of Nick or Wendell getting swap screwed in the swap and uh, getting yeah. voted out that way. Hopefully it doesn't happen to Wendell because he's a pit to him, but, you know, just saying. <laughs> well, I'd like to see it happen to Nick. I mean, I've always been on record as saying I'm not a huge fan of Nick, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if we wanted, obviously, like, because we've gone well off track here, we all know about different things, but, um, so, if we, go, if we were to go back to episode two, uh, when they do go to Tribal... It's one of Technically the obvious episode ones. episode one, but yes. Well, episode one, yeah, but obviously. Uh, basically, that second boo is Amber, which was kind of obvious because of her relationship with Rob. Obvious And it was hell. also obvious in the sense that we weren't really talking about Amber, we were talking about everyone else in the tribe, so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She'd, she'd barely been able to do anything before she was gone. Like, she did nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as you were saying, basically, um, this supposed poker alliance was targeted which it wasn't really an alliance but basically you'll use that to his advantage anyways and he's like well basically what he said on twitter which um he's not allowed to do anymore because cbs like kind of slapped his hand they're like hey don't do this anymore but he kind of uh, went on twitter and he's like well i didn't really care if it was an actual alliance or not i just wanted to you know weaken what i uh, perceived to be an alliance and He's like, to me, it didn't really matter whether they're Alliance or not. I mean, whether they're Alliance or not, you know, it still puts the target on them. So, it's kind of smart. Yeah, it definitely was. Like, he, he did his homework, Yule, coming into this game. Definitely did. He was ready for and it. And that supposed Alliance was uh, Amber, Kim, and Tyson. And then, you know, obviously Rob on the other tribe. And Jeremy, But yeah. basically those, yeah. Well, I, I think Jeremy's kind of left out of it, which is weird. I don't know why, but <laughs> he, he doesn't seem there. to be like, labeled that way. Because <laughs> so. he was there. He was playing that game. I watched the video. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. For some reason, he seems like he's being left out. <laughs> but um, basically, Tony wanted to go for Tyson for a little while, but uh, Yule and Sophie and them kind of went against that idea in the end, and... Yeah. Basically, like you said earlier, they went for Amber because of the connection with Rob. I mean, obviously, they're husband and wife, so they figured, okay, let's just take out Amber, and then you know, at least that duo is split up like early in the game. Yeah, um, it's 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 smart as well. Like for a device artist, I didn't see Amber lasting at all, to be honest. 
the, the, the moment I realised how well Rob had, like, sunk his, like, like, teeth into that tribe that he's already in, right, the minute I see that he's, he's got a foothold immediately, same with poverty, right, I was like, Amber's gone. Like, there's no way she could get a foothold in anything. So I mean, I don't know if I'd say it was that smart, though. Like, it's good that they're split up, but... When you yeah. look at Amber versus Kim versus Tyson, I mean, Amber is clearly the least threatening of those three. Exactly. So. I would have gone, I would have gone Tyson. Straight yeah. away. I, would I mean, Tyson. don't get me wrong. Like, I love Tyson. I'm glad he stayed in. But in their shoes, I would have went Tyson. I mean, Tyson is dangerous as hell. Like, so I would have yeah. got Tyson out. Or if well, you're not going to go Tyson, at least go Kim. Like, Well, his thing, this season's making one tribe look especially stupid. In an all-winner season, and that is Sele, because obviously Sele have only won one out of obviously the three uh, immunities they've gone to. So obviously, well, the all- four immunities, and the only one they won too was on a miracle ring toss by Jeremy. Because if you remember yeah, the challenge that they won, like they were losing that challenge handily, and then Jeremy just walks up there, Casual tosses one it. ring, good, tosses another one, good. Toss another one, good. He gets three in a row without ever missing. So, uh, like, no. <laughs> he had, like, some kind of miracle ring toss that basically saved them from going to Travel Council again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, basically, Sele is obviously, like, not even had time to get to know each other because immediately they want to vote back to voting people out straight away. <laughs> um, and when we go into, uh, when, when I watched episode two and I was just like, okay, right. So I know, obviously, at this point that Sele is going to tribal, blah, blah, blah. Right. They put out the idea to get rid of poverty straight away, and that's Adam's doing. And I'm like, yeah, like, that is the best thing you could do right now. Like, and then, uh, on the other side of that is Danny freaking the hell out, ruining her entire game, thinking she becomes extremely paranoid, which is the one thing you don't want to happen, thinking that her own alliance is turning against her because they're just not talking to her. She over panics and then, yeah, starts to throw. Which I will say, we're talking episode three now, obviously, but I will say in her defense, um, she has been vocal on Twitter that we didn't see everything and basically that like it was shown, um, the edit didn't show like certain things. So I'd like to give her the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, that's kind of what she said in the season she won too. It like. Oh well, you guys didn't see all the stuff I was doing here too. Like I was doing even better. So like, it it kind of like sounds a little fishy at this point. It's like, well, you you yeah. kind of said that last time too. Like uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, well, yeah. So, I she mean, starts going it's probably true to some degree, she, but so. it doesn't help a game that she goes to Rob of all people and goes, "I think Pavity's against me. Let's get her out." And I'm like, "You don't tell Rob this. What have you guys not learned?" <laughs> Oh, and episode four, especially when we get not episode three, sorry, especially when we get to episode three, which is the one, which is the one I'll talk about after this. It's even worse what they do because the person who does it is stupid. Like the Selly tribe, right, has the chance to get Pavty out, and they don't do it. They all do an eight-one against Danny, and I'm like, you idiots. <laughs> well, let, let's slow down for a second, though. We'll come back to Danny because we'll have more to say on her, but. I want to make sure we touch on, because we haven't touched on it yet, is the whole Edge of Extinction and how Natalie's been doing there. Because I think it's Bro, important Natalie's to drill it. down on how she's doing with the fire tokens there. Oh, Natalie's um, killing it over there. So, 
Yeah, she definitely is. <laughs> so basically, the first episode, which we didn't touch on, but I'll just touch on it briefly. Natalie finds a hidden immunity idol there, but she can't use it for herself. She's obviously already out of the game. She has to try and send that back into the main game and get someone to give her a fire token. That way she can use the fire token to help her get back into the main game. And she chooses to give this to Sandra because she's like, well, Sandra's probably going to pay for it. And Sandra does, so Sandra gets that. And then in episode two, which we just started talking about, she finds another advantage. She finds safety without power, which is basically where any player that has this advantage, they can just get up and leave the tribal council, and they don't get voted out, but they don't vote themselves. I just love the concept and of that, to be honest. <laughs> just being able she to gives walk it to out and screw everyone over. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see Jeremy play it. It's going to be kind of cool. But she gives it to Jeremy, and uh, Jeremy you know, gives her a fire token, too. And he actually had two player tokens at the time because Natalie gave uh, hers to Jeremy when she w- went out of the game. And it's kind of funny because basically she got her own fire token back. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, with that idol, though, that she gave to Sandra, it has a time limit on it, doesn't it? It's like uh, your next three tribals and she got it in episode... Uh, she, well, no episode. She got it in episode one, didn't she? Before she had to go to tribal. I, remember I can't remember if it was four travel or after, but it's it would be her three travels, so she hasn't had three travels yet. Oh, it's her three. Tra- oh, okay. I thought it was the next three travels. I I believe it's for her first three travels. So, right. so I think she still has two more travels at least with that title. Right. But and then of course we haven't gotten to this episode yet, but just so we can kind of um, you know, put the edge conversation to rest probably. Um, in episode three, Natalie finds another advantage. Uh, she finds a steel vote and basically she asks to send this into the main game, but there's a little bit more of a catch this time. This time in order for the person to get the advantage, they have to sneak into the other tribes camp and, uh, take it out of one of their, uh, fire poles or I forget what you called them officially. Torches, there you go. Torch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what, what is the kind But um, she sends this to Sarah because she figures that, well, Sarah's a cop. You know, she uh, played the seal of vote correctly in her season. I think she's going to, you know, be up for doing this. And she's correct. Sarah gives her a fire token. So Natalie is now sitting on Edge of Extinction with three fire tokens and she calls herself uh, a billionaire in Edge of Extinction which she kind of is because no one else on Edge of Extinction has found a single thing or and some of them I mean Amber and Danny seem like they're kind of even giving up trying to look for things <laughs> while Natalie's like I'm not giving up screw that <laughs> yeah um, yeah she like I would be surprised if she doesn't get back into the game Natalie I'd be so surprised because right now I think she's in the perfect I think it depends who else in. goes out. Out of the people that are already out, I think she's a lock to get back in. But it depends who goes out. Like, say Boston Rob goes out next, I think she could have a hard time beating Boston Rob possibly. But it depends who goes out. Yeah. So that's kind of what's been happening on the Edge. Um, so you know, Natalie's doing awesome getting those fire tokens. But to kind of touch back on episode two, where Danny goes out, as you said, um, you mentioned basically she saw a conversation happening with her 
supposed allies, Ethan, Rob, and Parvati, and she wasn't involved in that conversation. And she just kind of started feeling very paranoid that she wasn't uh, as involved with him as she thought she was. And she does kind of freak out a little bit. Um, there's a funny conversation that she has with Ethan and Ben together. Oh, and... I forgot about this bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, she's telling Ethan, well, I, I'm trying to remember the wording she used, but she sa- said something like, well, you know, I-, I thought like the old school was like going strong. And Ethan's like, you know he's not old school, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ben's just sitting there like, wow. Like, so there is an old school thing. Okay. <laughs> and, I'm just like, and, and then Danny, oh, Danny, Danny tries to recover it. Yeah. Danny. Like, Danny's like, oh, well, no, no. I, I didn't mean there's an old school thing. What, what I meant was. Like, it's, it's too Ben's late. Like, no, it's I'm not too buying late. That. <laughs> it's too late. You've already screwed it up now. It's too late. Yeah. <laughs> you've, you've, you've sealed your fate, Danny. It, it's too late. You can't come back from this. And it was Ethan's just sitting there like, what did, what did you do? Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> And what's even worse is then she goes to Rob saying, I feel I'm going to get blindsided by poverty, so let's get her out. And then that ultimately will also seal, seal your fate because he knows he can't trust you now. Well, uh, Rob like plays it how you should, too. And yeah. to her face, he's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's do it, yeah. But obviously, you know, <laughs> but then never trust Rob. <laughs> and confessionally, he tells us, like, Parvati is my number one. Why would I vote her out? Like, yeah, know, Danny, I gave, you, I gave you a break the first time you said my name. Now you're trying to say Parvati too? Like, like you got to go, Danny. Yep, and then she gets sent back in. But what's so convenient about this is it's an 8-1. It isn't like a bunch of votes go to Parvati. No, they all go to Danny. And I, what I what, that just got to prove how good Parvati's game is. At the same time, how she's able to flip that so it turned from the like, other people in the game like, did three. consider poverty for that boat, but they decided that um, on Danny. And I think that's because they just didn't want to rock the boat at that stage because, yeah, well, you know, the old schoolers want to get Danny out too, so I'll just this get Danny is, out with you. This is what I hate about the Selly tribe. They don't want to rock the boat. Why are you playing this game then if you don't want to make a move? <laughs> Like, seriously, it's annoying me that he keeps saying, oh, I don't want to rock the book, I don't want to rock the book. You've got the numbers to do something. Do it. <laughs> or else, what's the point of being going to win as a war season if you're just not going to make a move? What is the point? <laughs> it's, oh, it's increasingly frustrating me. It's just making them all seem stupid. It's just annoying. I mean, I will say for us, the fans, it's been better in a sense because I feel like for the most part, we've been losing people that really don't have any strategic chops in the game. Like with Natalie being the exception there, but, um, you know, strategy wise, Amber, Danny, and Ethan, I don't really think they have the chops that some of these other people have. So like, I think we're actually losing people that are going to make the TV show better for us in a way. Yeah, but you can get where I'm coming from, though. It, it like the editing really makes them look bad. That they don't want to rock the boat and all this stuff. It just makes them look bad. I'm like, you don't like just do something. Don't just sit there and let Robin Poverty gain as much foothold as they're gaining. Oh, I think a lot of them are trying to use them as shields still. So they basically want uh, yeah. them in the game because if they're in the game, then they're always a bigger target. So I think that's basically what the gist is. Because. I mean, do you have anything else to say about the Danny vote? Like, there's not really much else to say, no. in my opinion. I mean, basically, 
she got really paranoid. She Ruined went around trying to get her own alliance out and screwed herself. So yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much the gist Not, of what happened. Yeah, like, nothing left obviously, it's, it's simplified. It's simplified version, but. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's move on. Let's move on to obviously uh, episode three, which I think. Well, this hold up. Tra- just before we move on there, um, I just want to mention that one of the big funny scenes of that episode was uh, Tony making a crazy ladder over on the call. Oh god! Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, basically, Tony makes this uh, ladder that no one should ever climb in their right minds. To get um, what he calls a papaya, but it's a breadfruit, so uh, up in a tree. And basically, he tries to climb the ladder, and the first rung breaks, and everyone's like, uh, Tony, are you sure you want to do this? And uh, Tyson has a really funny confession. He's like, How is this guy still alive? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, even... I just wanted to mention that moment before we move on because, I mean, it was a fun moment. So, <laughs> but yeah, episode three. Uh, Take it away. Where do you want to go episode three? Um, I think this was the best one, like, so far. Like, they all kept getting better and better and better. And then episode three so far has been, like, the best one. For a lot of things. Um, the challenge, besides the immunity challenge, was so close. Like, it, oh my god, how good. Close, yeah. It was so good of a challenge. I, it was amazing how close the actual tie was because they came back from a comeback, Sally, but sadly couldn't do it. But they got so many chances; they even got a chance because uh, Decal dropped their pieces and they had to try to re-get them all together and put them back on. And they still couldn't mount anything. It's just like ah, uh, so close yet so far for Sally because obviously they're going back again. Well, I mean, they do have the Denise on their tribe, so, you know, Denise oh, is pretty yeah. cursed on their tribe, so. I think she's a curse <laughs> at this point. I've heard a lot of people say, like, literally, she's, like, that one golden curse. <laughs> and I think she is, because any time, like, she, like, she's always, there's only one tribal she's never been to. The rest she has. <laughs> it's astonishing. Yeah, and um, on Rob has a podcast, too, which uh, I'll give them a shout out. You know, awesome podcast if you want to listen to more Survivor talk. But on um a quiz called This Week in Survivor History, which is associated with that, Jordan Kalish actually made a great point that yes, Denise, you know, got an immunity that one time, but there's never been a single episode yet where Denise hasn't um gone to travel because actually the first episode was a double part episode and she went to travel in the first vote of that episode. She just didn't go to travel in the second vote. So there's technically never been an episode of Survivor yet where she didn't go to travel. <laughs> Dog, the knees. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my word, it's awful. She's probably just feeling like that at this point. Like, why me? Like, why? What did I do wrong? <laughs> why am I always at travel? <laughs> uh, honestly, she might just want to, you know, set up a cot in the back of travel and just, just stay there and be like, I'll just stay here, Jeff. I'll, I'll be back next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me as well. You know, we're gonna lose the challenge again, but we're right back here. Yeah. Oh, right. You got any food? Got a TV or anything? I can just stand over and yeah. watch. <laughs> I can just watch the challenge no, go down. She'll use like, oh, the okay. um. No, she'll use the Robin Sander box from last season to just sit in there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually still there, you know, in the set. It's still there. The Robin Sander box. Yeah. 
But he said they've got crew in there this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess at least they're using it, right? So. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I remember when actually... Jeff was talking about it. He was like, we, we love the idea of the box so much that CBS was like, keep it. Keep up that box at Tribal for whatever you want to do from now on. And we're like, so you know what we'll do? We won't use it for the actual show. We'll just use it to put our crew in there. So that way they don't have to sit on the outer rims standing up. So they can actually sit down in there and watch. Because <laughs> they go on for like hours and the crew have to like stand up for all of it. Just watching the Tribal happen. <laughs> it's awful. Well, you know what I was going to say we cool. What if they use that uh, Tribal box as an actual in-game advantage? Because how much of an advantage would that be? Say, say Natalie finds an edge. This is an advantage. You can go to the other tribes tribal and watch um, it happen, at the yeah. next vote. Yeah, and watch it happen. And oh, this, say oh, she sends that. <laughs> yeah, like say I don't know Sophie for example. Say she sends it to Sophie. Sophie can go sit in the box and watch the next tribal. Like that. That's actually huge information. So yeah. like that's actually a good advantage. Like I would pay a t- fire token for that because that's huge information. Yeah. Uh, no, but I can just imagine that being you don't sit in the box. You take part and you vote somebody out with them all there, but you can't get voted out yourself because you're not a part of the tribe. <laughs> nah, that, that's a little <laughs> bit too hilarious. That'd be hilarious. A little bit. She just turns up, just votes somebody out. <laughs> so oh well. <laughs> No, I think that'd be cool though. Somebody else could like yeah, go in the there box, and observe. Yeah, I love that yeah. idea. Um, but yeah, so uh, getting back onto obviously what happens at Selly. Uh, yeah, basically there's a really close mini challenge and um, Selly lost again. Yeah, as per usual. Very, I think this very is gonna close, be though, this is gonna become a thing. Hopefully it doesn't, but I hope I'm pretty sure it's just gonna become a thing, isn't it? It's just gonna become a thing with the lose every challenge. <laughs> But after they lose this, um, essentially the vote is supposed to be Parvati. That's what they all, you know, kind of agree on. Well, obviously not Rob and Ethan, but um, Adam decides, well, you know, uh, Parvati is what I want. This is what I want for the vote, but I kind of want to keep my relationship with Ethan. So let me, let me go talk to Ethan. Let me just tell him what's going on. So he, he goes and tells Ethan, you know, votes Parvati. Ethan's like, well, I, I like Adam, but like, Poverty is my number one. I mean, why are you telling me this? Like, uh, now I can't work with Adam anymore. <laughs> yeah, and, and then he goes and tells Rob, and that is the one thing you didn't want to do. <laughs> well, this is actually a really, really funny scene, though, because he goes yeah. to tell Rob, but uh, basically Rob's acting coy the whole time. Like, you going to protect me, Adam? Like, please, Adam. Yeah, me, Adam. <laughs> I love it. Please. It's so good. I'm like... <laughs> Oh, this is why Rob is such a good player at this game. <laughs> it's just amazing. Yeah, Adam's like, don't worry, Rob. I've got you. I've got you, Rob. You're good. Next minute, Rob's walking over to Michelle and Jerry and going, well, I know what the plan is because Adam just told me. And you can see in Michelle's eyes how pissed she is, too. Yeah, she's like, like, oh, when, when Rob sick. first went over there, like he was asking what, what was happening, and Michelle gave him like, some kind of stupid answer, like, oh, you know, maybe Ben, like, maybe we'll go Ben or something. Yeah. And Rob's that, like, cut, the, cut the crap. Like, yeah, I, know what's going on. I already know what's happening. And she's like, what? <laughs> so Adam told me. And then, and then Jerry tries to cover it up still, and he's just like, no, no, that's not it at all. And he's like winking at him and all that. I'm just like, he already knows. The game's up. You may as well just like have a pissy fit at Adam. Yeah, and, and Rob's basically like, let's all go at him right now. <laughs> They're like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. 
So, and then afterwards they tell Denise that Adam told him to, and she's like, what? Why would he do that? Yeah, and then he tells, and then Ben gets let know that yeah, ben gets it's all, too. the whole plan's up in smoke, because Adam's a moron. <laughs> uh, I just love how quickly that explodes and gets around, and Adam's just like, well, shit. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Adam basically threw away every alliance that he had, because... Now, not only does he not have Ethan or Rob on his side, which he was trying to keep them on his side, now his original alliance isn't even really on his side anymore. So, yep. like, he's just kind of sitting there. Great and job. honestly, Adam is very, very lucky he's not voted out instead of Ethan. Like, he's very uh, Yeah. Lucky. Speaking of that tribal, right, Ethan's name is not, like, I didn't even hear his name get mentioned. It was, a, it, was a, it was a suggestion. They did mention it once before. Yeah, probably a exactly. Yeah. It was a suggestion, but they were intent on doing it. It was just like, oh, maybe we could do this at some point. Like, it was lackluster, one of those ones where it's just like, that's something they have in the back of their minds, but not of the current moment. But, oh my God, when they do the vote and it does end up being a one to three to four against Ethan, I was just like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Basically, oh where the votes go, um, Rob, Harvard, and Ethan, they vote for Adam because they wanted to, you know, pay him back for going after them. Yeah. Adam goes after Adam Adam still, yep, he still thinks the plan is poverty because no one told him anything, so, which they shouldn't at this point. <laughs> so, yeah. he went for poverty. And then Ben, Michelle, Jeremy, and Denise, they all go for Ethan. So, yeah, they and, systematically take control of the game doing that as well. Which I actually... At, like, when it first happened, I didn't really understand why Ethan, but I actually like this move now that I understand it more, because yeah. basically, um, Michelle has been on record of saying that she wanted to work with Parvati, and Jeremy has been on record of saying he wanted to work with Rob, and basically they wanted to keep them as shields because Rob is a bigger target than Germany, and Parvati is a bigger target than Michelle, so, like, they're trying to use them as shields a little bit. Um, ben and Denise, I, I don't think this is as good a move for them. I don't really know why yeah. they did it as much, but for Michelle and Jeremy, this is actually well, a Well, I think move. for them, I think it was to stay in the good books of Michelle and Jeremy, because now they've got control of this game. Well, but they wouldn't have had to give them control if they didn't want to. But. Yeah, exactly. But what I'm saying is now, them four, I've got complete control of the tribe now. Which right. it's such a I'm just saying like this vote in general, I was sad because Ethan's one of my picks and I absolutely adored Ethan. But when it happened I was like, Oh my god, was this smart and it was so well done because you had no incline that they were even going for him. And I was like, that was so well done. And I wouldn't say I was sad, like I'm not like a giant Ethan fan like a lot of people I are, but uh... <laughs> I would have preferred Parvati going because I just don't like her that much. So. Yeah, he's got on record to say he hates Parvati. <laughs> See, Rob, I'm enjoying on my TV screen, so like I, I yeah, I'm glad it wasn't Rob because he's he's fun to watch on the TV. So yeah, but uh, Parvati, I could have done without Parvati though. Me so. and my mate absolutely adore. Ethan. So we were both like, oh, oh, <laughs> what happened? We we're like, it was good, but oh, no. <laughs> and I saw all the stuff on Twitter afterwards. It was hilarious. Of like, hashtags are like, uh, they go, uh, 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 we want a man out. Uh, Ethan gets voted out. We didn't want this. <laughs> like, of that just constantly being the thing going down, the whole Twitter thing of nobody wanted Ethan to score. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, but he he went though. And 
Yeah. He even said, he, he's like, Jeff, I'm just trying to make it through this one travel. Cat couldn't even do that. <laughs> no, he could not. So. <laughs> but it, it, honestly, it's actually a cool move on Michelle and Jeremy's part because basically what they end up doing is they tell Adam, you know, hey, you're not running this game. Like, you fucked up and you're lucky that we allowed you to still be here. Yeah. That's kind of what they uh, tell Adam, essentially, by doing that. <laughs> so, and... we'll go off the preview for next episode. <laughs> well, and then they basically tell Rob and Parvati, too, that, like, you know, hey, you, you know, us. we're not really working with you either. Like, you know, we're making sure you two don't get too much power, but you're still here for now. So, yeah. So, honestly, um, at this point, I would say Michelle and Jeremy kind of are in control of that tribe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course, though, um, Denise does have a full idol now because uh, she found a half idol, which we didn't talk about the previous episode, and she gave the other half to Adam, but he gave it back to her. So now Denise has a full idol, so that is nice for her. And that same with Kim, only uh, I don't think Sophie's gave her a back yet. Yeah, we haven't seen that if she did, so, and I, d- I doubt Sophie would do that, so it's probably two half idols. Yeah, because there. when that whole thing happened, Kim gave it to Sophie, Sophie's just like, why did you give it to me? Because I'm not going to help you. I'm just going to blindside you. <laughs> like She yeah, has like no much. intention of working with Kim. <laughs> so, as long as she holds that. That's what I'm saying. Drift someone gets voted out, right? This is the one thing I question. We got these half idols, right? So, does it lose its power if one person gets voted out with it? Or do they have to, like, perceive... Be- 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 uh, I forgot the word. I'll give it, basically Bequeath. give it back. Bequeath. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> do you have to bequeath it to... The other person? Do, do we know? Uh, we don't know officially, but I think basically we're assuming that they can't be combined cross tribes. So um, I think if somebody gets voted out with half of it, then the other half is kind of useless unless they find another half somehow. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think that makes sense, though. Like, if, for example, if like a king got voted out. Like, she'd have to give that other half to Sophie, who's still in the game, before she left, along with the, another fire token. Well, I don't think that makes sense. I mean, why would she have to give it to her automatically? Like, she'd give it to anyone. Oh, true, yeah, she could just give it to anybody, yeah. Ooh, that's even better. But I, I think she just goes out with the idol, though, honestly. Like, that'd be kind of a little bit too cute at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Does that give it to, gives it to you all, just basically give them an idol give that alliance an idol for free <laughs> yeah uh but that's kind of where we're at with the vote outs um so episode honestly four. i'm hoping which it doesn't look like it's going to be a swap in this next episode based on the previews so it looks like we're gonna have another like, episode without it looks a swap like something serious is gonna happen like a medical thing well, we'll find out, but like I mean, on the edge. I'm so kind of, to be honest with you, I'm hoping that uh, Sally goes to travel again, because I kind of want to see the situation play out even more. Like, I I think if Sally goes to travel again, I do think at this point they're going to have to do poverty just to make sure that, you know, she's out of the game once and for all. But I just realized um, it, it could it could after, be poverty. It could be after, Rob. It could be Adam. Is the as the call? Actually, what a challenge that Sandra's actually participated in. I believe she said I've all of them. Well, no, she cast it out of all of them, though. 
Chester be sure, should have had to have been at least one of them. Oh yeah, she would have been the first one. So she. Uh, no, no, no. She sat. No, she sat the first one, didn't she? Came in for the second one. That was the one they lost, and then she sat on the next one and they won again. But now Sandra has to take part in this next one. So do you reckon they'll lose again? <laughs> because you know. Apparently, Sandra being in your team when you do challenges causes you well, to lose. Well, we, we might not be seeing reward challenges too, though, so if that's the case, which I doubt we aren't seeing them, um, just because they were combining rewards with this, but basically there could be other challenges we're not seeing that she's sitting out on, so yeah. that could go away. But yeah, it seems that like the only loss they've had to Carl is when Sandra was actually taking part in the challenge, and she has to take part in this next one, so we might see them actually lose. We never know. I, I think they'll be fine. But I can you see anyone besides Rob, Harvey, or Adam going out and selling if they lose again? Do you see a yeah. scenario where any of the other ones go out? Yes, I do. I see a scenario happening. That could happen. Who do you see that could go out? Well, you see you could have like a Michelle or a Jeremy, or preferably probably maybe a Michelle, because they might realise that she's now in control of this game with Jeremy. And then here's the thing, all that Rob and Poverty have to do is then somehow convince Adam, who's now been left out of stuff, Denise and Ben, who, and Denise and Ben are like in the middle for like most of this, right? All they have to do is co convince them two to flip their votes and then they one of them get voted out. That's all that has to happen in that scenario. See, I think Michelle, Jeremy, and Denise are all completely safe. The one I could see is I could see a scenario where Ben goes out. Because Rob and Parvati have to do something, and they might go try to target Adam again. But if they don't, I think Rob could possibly target Ben, because Ben's loose cannon too. So yeah. he might be able to convince some people, well, let's get out Ben. You know, he's another loose cannon. Let's get out Ben. So I could see a scenario where maybe Ben goes, but I, I doubt it, though. Yeah. But let's talk about DeCall then. Uh, if DeCall goes to tribal, who do you think is uh, on the chopping block or might go out? Well, if we go off of previews and stuff like that, I know that uh, there's a little form of an alliance. Uh, there's an alliance already made between Sarah and Tony. There's an alliance that's now starting to form between Tyson, Tony, and Sandra. Obviously, you have that uh, alliance, and obviously... You Tyson, also... Tony, and Sandra. Sandra's not in line with Tyson. They're, they're against each other. No, no, well, that's that. Uh, judging off of uh, the preview for uh, the next episode, apparently they might actually come together because obviously Tyson's the one who suggested that they're trying to get people out with connections. Like, he's the one who suggests it. He's, he's like, they're trying to get well, people out with connections. We'll see, but... So they're just like, it's not formed yet. That's why I say it might start to form in the next episode because he goes up to them two and he sat with them two and he says the line of, uh, they're getting out people that are forming connections. Preferably mentioning, maybe mentioning like a you or something in that scenario. See, I think Tyson is in trouble, but I think he's going to find a way to get out of it. Yeah. Um, and I see. If the call go, I, I see Sandra using thing a ride. Sandra too. I see Sandra using a ride a lot, trying to find some way out of it. Honestly, if they go to travel, the person I could see going out is probably Sarah, I would say. I could see Sarah being the one that goes out. I, so, I see either Sarah or like maybe like a Nick. Maybe. Because Nick's like a wild card in that scenario, isn't he? Well, that alliance of four pretty much has power. I mean, they yeah. basically only one other person to vote with them, and then they have power. So, 
in order for them to not have power, the other five would all have to come together. And I don't think all five of them are going to come together. Yeah, the only definite we we know two definite sides have already taken place. You obviously have Yule, Sophie as a definite duo, and then on the other side you have Cops Are Us in Sarah and Tony. That's formed as well. And Sandra was supposed to kind of be with them too. Yeah, we're led to believe. So it's a, and then obviously Yule's gotten Wendell and Nick started that. And so I that think four v three. I think if what Yule was planning the first episode, if he has focused on that even more, he was trying to bring Kim in. So if he has brought Kim in, that's five already. They yeah, that's five feet four. Right yeah, exactly. Which I, it feels like they might have brought Kim in because we haven't been seeing a whole lot of Kim and she doesn't seem that worried right now. Plus, she gave half an eye to Sophie. So it seems like Kim feels pretty safe with them. Yeah. So I feel like uh, Tyson and Sandra, you know, going at each other. I feel like neither one of them is going to go out. And I feel like it's going to end up being Sarah because they're going to be like, well, let's just do something a little bit safe here. Let's get her Sarah right now. I just uh, I, uh, there's one thing that we just didn't think about. Sarah has to steal a vote. Yeah, but I don't think she's going to use it in that trial because I don't think she's going to think like I, that she needs to use it. I think she's going to be thinking, oh, the plan is Tyson or the plan is Sarah or or not Sandra, yeah. Sandra. Yeah, she, she's gonna... <laughs> the plan is Sarah. <laughs> oh, I'm Sarah. Oh, wait, I shouldn't be worried. Yes, you should have. I can just imagine so, yeah, somebody I, actually I think... voting for themselves. They're just going, how did you vote for yourself? <laughs> how did this happen? Uh, anyway. But yeah, it's going up to still Like, that's going to be... I don't even know what's going to happen. Like, I can't give you a prediction on anything right now. Well, you're going to have to. So, <laughs> so um, basically where we're at right now, I want to pick one player you think is a lock to go all the way to the final three right now, and the one player you think is the next boot. So I can go first if you want. Uh, Okay, so next boot for me... Um, one person. Person, fuck. And the audience will see if we're right or wrong. I think, I think if Sele go to tribal, I think it'll be Adam. I think Adam might be gone at this point. I don't think he can get his way back after this. Uh, okay. And for final, for the final three. You already know who my winner pick is, and obviously that being uh, Wendell. I think he's going to make it Wendell's lock? I think he's a lock, yeah. Well, we'll see if that changes throughout the season. But for me, um, my lock right now is going to be Sophie. I think she is a great position in the game, and I can't see her going out anytime soon. And... For next boot, I I think Sully's gonna go to travel again, unfortunately for them, and I think this time is finally when Parvati goes. So I'm gonna go with Parvati as my, my next boot. Which I'm hoping I'm right, but we'll see. <laughs> Watch the call go to tribal now, and we're both wrong. <laughs> they could. I mean, if it was the call going to tribal, I already said that Sarah's who I think, but I'm gonna go with Parvati as my guess. So yeah. 
But yeah, you have any other thoughts on the season so far? Um, not really, other than it's really good. Like, I don't really know what else to say, really. Yeah, a great season. I mean, I think it's going to go down as the best season ever, or at least top five, um, you know, when it's all said and done. So uh, we will be back next time. And if we are able to do a podcast every week, we just talk about the next episode. But if um, we happen to miss just because of everything going on in my life right now, we would basically do like we did today and just talk through a couple episodes at once. So like say, for example, next week, there was no podcast. Then what we would do is just talk about the week after the two episodes that happened. Sound good zombie. But yeah, hopefully you all enjoyed the survivor talk. You know, we fit in four episodes into one hour. So I don't know how we did that that fast, but <laughs> we kind of just uh, brushed on the, you know, bare bones basics and everything. And, uh, I've been really enjoying the season so far, so. But that's going to do it for us for now. So we are going to move on to next. So we will see. We will see you there. All right. See you in a second, everyone. All right, and here we are for this episode. Hope you've enjoyed the episode so far. This is our personal segment of the week, and. I realize this episode's coming out kind of late, um, especially in terms of Survivor stuff, because obviously episode two already happened when you guys are going to be hearing this, but part of the reason why I did that is because I wanted to give a better update of how my situation is going right now, and basically my situation um, with my daughter and my ex and everything it got a lot worse, but then it just got um, better somewhat uh, as of yesterday. So I'm recording this on Friday the 21st, and I kind of was thinking, well, I could just, you know, put the episode out on Wednesday or on Thursday before I know what's going to happen. But I'm like, well, that's not really going to give the full picture and maybe a, as much of a happy ending. So. I decided to hold back everything just to um, put this out more so when I knew more details. So, essentially, from what you all last heard was in episode 112, uh, my daughter was kept from me on the weekend, and... Basically, um, my ex's boyfriend was getting involved and trying to make things difficult. He is still trying to do so, and that got a lot worse because on the Monday after that episode, on the 10th, my ex called me um, from her work. We talked for about a half hour, and she basically confirmed to me that her ex was the one threatening me under her name, and that she's going to have to try and find a way to get Ari to me on the weekends, and that everything was a mess right now, and things like that. And based on where things are today, um, it seems like that might be the last conversation I ever have with my ex. 
just because her boyfriend is getting involved a lot and he's pretty much controlling her entire life right now. And obviously she's allowing him to do that and that's her choice, but I mean, I don't know why she would want to choose that, but that's what she's choosing right now is to let him control her life. And basically, on Wednesday the 12th, when I hadn't done anything wrong at all, I had just, the most recent contact I had with her at all was on Tuesday, I sent her one text saying that I was picking up uh, our daughter, just because um, we had agreed to me having her on Tuesday and Wednesday, so I was like, okay, you know, hey, I'm picking her up, blah, 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 you know, that was basically it, I just wanted to know. And on Wednesday, I was served by uh, a police officer in order protection against my ex. And basically, there was a ton of lies in there. Uh, the lies were even misspelled a lot, so I could tell it was done by someone that's not very intelligent. So basically, she did sign it, but um, what I surmise probably happened is... Her boyfriend probably wrote down a statement for her and then made her sign it. Now, obviously, she has to act like it's her statement in front of the cops. So she probably, like, you know, acted like it was or something like that because she can't, you know, act like it's his statement. But but um, basically, that was all forced by his hand. And I'm pretty sure it was him, like, uh, writing everything because... My ex isn't the most intelligent, I would say, but she's also not as stupid to make as that many spelling errors as there was in that statement. So it's got to be her ex doing it, or uh, her boyfriend, sorry. And basically, uh, with that order of protection... It instantly barred me from seeing my daughter until we get a hearing. So I could no longer see my daughter anymore and visit her in any way, even if it meant uh, having no contact with my ex. So that meant that until March 12th, I would have no contact with my daughter because the hearing was set for a month later. But... Luckily, um, I had an appointment with an attorney the day after that already scheduled. So I um, went to that appointment. I explained what was going on. And I made that appointment for Thursday the 13th on purpose because I knew, okay, let me see if anything goes wrong in the next couple of days. And let me just make this appointment later to make sure. And I did. And... Um, Luckily, they seemed like a good fit for me, so I did hire them as my attorney. And they got me to move the hearing uh, up closer. I did get the hearing moved to yesterday, which is Thursday the 20th, so I got the hearing moved to that date. And uh, basically, I'd have to wait till that date to see my daughter or anything, but... Pretty much, um, based on my ex's actions, my daughter was the one suffering most because on Wednesday the 12th, 
she wasn't picked up from her daycare. She was just left there. And my ex drove home and assumed I was going to get her. But I couldn't get her based on what she filled out. So she didn't even understand what she filled out, apparently. Because based on the law, what she filled out that was false. I mean, even though it was false, I have to follow it until the hearing. And I wasn't able to get my daughter. So my I get a call from the daycare saying, like, hey, are you coming to pick her up? I'm like, I can't. Like, <laughs> I legally can't right now because she's making up lies. So my ex had to drive 45 minutes back, get my daughter. And my daughter had to sit at daycare for an hour and a half with some random stranger she doesn't know. And that's not okay. Like, especially when my daughter has autism. I mean, that's really not good for her. And then basically she did the same thing on Friday. Um, on Friday she has therapy and, um, she was supposed to be picked up by me and taken to therapy because she needs, uh, speech therapy. And my daughter was just left at school and the school called me and I'm like, well, I can't do anything. And then I, my ex had to, I'm assuming my ex anyways, had to go pick her up, uh, and leave work for a second and, Bring her to back to daycare, I think, but she didn't get speech therapy that day. So she didn't get therapy and she was left the school. So it's like, it just sucks because I couldn't actually do anything and my daughter's suffering here. And it's all because my ex just spread lies just to appease her boyfriend. So that pretty much tells me that my ex cares more about pleasing this new boyfriend that she barely even knows over her own daughter. And that that just doesn't sit well with me. I mean but, but that's kinda where things went to. Um but luckily yesterday we had a hearing and uh the order protection that she had was dismissed at court, so that completely went away. So, um, all those lies won't affect me anymore, and that's completely gone. And I did get to see my daughter last night, which was awesome. And I really, uh, missed her. I, I really love seeing her. And I got to take her to therapy today, which is really good as well. So, I'm very happy about that. And we, um, actually made, my ex and I, we made a parenting plan via my attorney. Um, I couldn't actually talk to her, but basically my attorney would go back and forth between us. And we made a parenting plan. So it's temporary, but um, hopefully my ex sticks to it and I can get some quality time with my daughter, you know, according to the plan. Uh, so basically the day after I'm recording this Saturday will be the big test because that's the first time that... My ex and I are supposed to meet each other to drop off our daughter. She's supposed to drop off our, our daughter to me. And then I'm supposed to bring her back afterwards. And that will be the first test if she actually uh, follows it. So, you know, cross your fingers for me and hopefully she does. But uh, if she doesn't, then obviously that wouldn't be following the agreement, which probably would hurt her in the long run. But it would hurt me and Aria in the short run. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at. I mean, basically, 
essentially, um, her boyfriend has taken over Max's life, and he's kind of controlling every move she makes and everything she does. So, um, you know, hopefully for my ex's sake, she can find some independence again one day, but, um, she's definitely going down a bad road, and I think she's definitely going to need help at some point, but there's not really much I can do anymore, I mean, because she's already put me in a really bad position, she's putting my daughter in a bad position, so I can't worry about helping my ex right now, I mean, she's got to help herself, but... I'm just hoping that it's not going to affect my daughter anymore because um, this guy that my ex is with seems pretty dangerous. So, But, you know, that's kind of where things are at. I mean, this isn't going to be as long of a personal segment as the last one. I just wanted to kind of update everyone on what's been going on and kind of where things are at. But I do appreciate you all being here. Um, I'd say my mood right now is just kind of somber, I guess, is the best way to describe it, because I was really happy to see my daughter last night, but at the same time, like, having her for that one night when I had just lost time with her for like nine days in a row, it just feels kind of, it feels kind of empty now tonight, because... I finally got to see her, then, okay, now she's gone again. Like, it's it just kind of an empty feeling. And there's just been so much change all so fast. And I'm really thinking about how that's affecting my daughter. Because with her autism, it, it really can't be easy for her. Like, this entire year so far, there's been no consistency for her. Every week, my ex is pulling something different and changing the schedule around for everyone and I just feel bad for my daughter because she can't really handle that as well I mean she doesn't understand what's going on she's not very verbal right now so she can't tell anyone how she's feeling and I just worry about how she's taking everything because I have noticed um, some not as positive changes in her and I'm hoping that um, she's able to cope with it again soon, but I mean, it's not going to be until a month from now that she actually gets any consistency because my ex is um, taking her on a 10-day trip soon, which I didn't really want to agree to, but I kind of had to agree to in order to kind of keep the peace and get other things that I wanted. So overall, it's going to work out in the long run where I get... Um, equal time with my daughter and stuff like that, but I basically had to agree to um, her being away for another 10 days coming up soon, which wasn't a great feeling, but there wasn't much I could do about it on a short notice, so. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, I, I just wish I could know for sure how my daughter's feeling and help her out more because I know she's struggling with this but she can't actually voice that she's struggling and that kind of hurts and 
I just want to help her. And it just hurts even more that my ex seems more concerned with what this random boyfriend wants than, you know, actually doing the right thing for our daughter. Because if she was concerned with doing the right thing for our daughter, then she wouldn't have had all the actions she's had this year. I mean, every action she's taken this year has directly impacted our daughter negatively. And I hate that. But because she's the mother in the court system, she basically has like the upper hand at first. And she's kind of used that to her advantage with like the order of protection and stuff. And she got, you know, like her, her nine days, you know, where her lies held up. But then after the nine days, like, you know, her lies were stricken down. It's just... The fact that she gets those nine days, like, head start when it's all lies in the first place it just kind of sucks. I mean, but, you know, hopefully the somber feeling that I'm feeling now will kind of change at some point soon. Um, but I'm, I'm glad I get to see my daughter a little more now. I'm really hoping that my ex follows through tomorrow with me being able to see her. And as long as she starts following through on the agreement that she made officially, um, I could see things improving. But it also kind of sucks in a way, like, my ex and I are exes for a reason, and I don't want to be back with her at all. Like, no part of me wants to be back with her. But at the same time, like, we obviously had some level of caring for each other, and, you know, we were obviously together for a while, so there were feelings there, and it does kind of suck to think as well that... I may never have a conversation with her again in my life. And that is kind of a weird feeling because while I don't want to be with her, it is kind of strange to feel like, okay, well, you know, like 10 days ago, that was the last conversation I'll ever have with her because her boyfriend's going to control her so much that we can never even have a single conversation again. Like, so I mean, basically I'll just be seeing her pick up and drop offs and, you know, I'm sure he's going to be there. We're not going to be able to really say a word to each other. Just be like, okay, put her in the car, go. That's it. Which, that's fine. I can get used to that. Just right now, it feels weird to say like, oh, wow, yeah. Like, this person that I was with for so much of my life, I literally may never talk to them again. But that's that's the way things go, you know? So, I don't know. But I appreciate you all listening to me ramble again. Um, you know, episode 114 probably won't be too far behind this time. Uh, some of that is already recorded. I just took longer on getting this one out because I wanted to give you guys a proper update to everything. That's basically all I have to say for today. So I appreciate you listening. If you want to get a hold of me, you can do so via email, theblazeexperience at gmail.com. You can do so via my Xbox Gamer Tag or Twitter, at Blaze Experience. That's capital B-L-A, 
X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. And if you want to get me on Discord, that is in the show notes. There's also our Patreon and donation link in there as well. Our Patreon is being rehauled a little bit, or overhauled, however you want to call it, I guess. Um, basically, I'm going to be having some of these segments split off to patrons only for a couple of weeks. So, for example, the next episode you hear, on the main feed, you um, either won't hear the personal segment or you won't hear the Madness with Bonnie segment on the main feed. Because that that segment is going to be exclusive to patrons for two weeks. And then after two weeks, it'll be released to everyone else. So, essentially, um, in a couple of weeks... Non-patrons will be getting, you know, segments rolling in all the time. But for a couple of weeks, it'll just be uh, a little bit short of a show. So basically on the main feed, we're always going to have the uh, gaming segment and the survivor segment, followed by either a Madness with Monty or a personal segment. And then, for example, next week, which um, should be the personal segment that you all hear, you won't hear the Madness of Monty segment unless you are a patron. And any patron, uh, $5 or higher, will get access to that segment two weeks early. And that's kind of how I'm doing that for now. I think um, after talking with Monty and some others, I think that's probably a good way to do things. So hopefully uh, you all agree. But Because basically everyone's going to get access to the content at some point. Just if you aren't a patron, you will get uh, the content, some of the content anyways, two weeks after. But um, it'll just switch between the personal segment and the Madness of Bonnie. So, for example, episode 114, you will all hear a gaming segment, a survivor segment, and a personal segment. And then episode 115, you would all hear a gaming segment, a survivor segment, and a Madness of Bonnie segment. And then basically... Uh, each week, it would just switch between those two segments until Survivor is over. Once Survivor is over, I would probably include um, Survivor or the TV segment in the rotation as well because I'm not going to cover Survivor all the time. It's just going to be until the season ends, so like I don't know, 14 weeks, whatever the season is, I'll be covering Survivor. Once Survivor ends, I will still cover TV and film in some way. Just it won't be Survivor, so uh, whatever that segment is, that will be thrown into the rotation as well. But the gaming segment will never be in the rotation. This started as a gaming podcast, and the gaming segment will always be on the main feed. So if you do want to become a patron, I would definitely appreciate that. Even if you want to just check it out and see what it's like, uh, that's going to be www.patreon.com slash blazeexperience. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash B-L-A-I-S-E-X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. So uh, that's patreon.com slash experience. So if you want to check that out, we also have our Teespring store. If you want some uh, gear, that's going to be teespring.com slash stores slash experience. That's T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G dot com slash S-T-O-R-E-S slash blaze experience and that will get you um 
access to mugs. It has shirts. It has some pants. Uh, it has lots of different things in there. So just check it out. Um, you can get some phone cases too, depending on what kind of phone you have. I think there's like iPhone 7 and Galaxy S7 and above. And you can get uh, phone cases for those. So check that out and uh, see what you like there. And if you want to find the podcast, it's obviously wherever you're listening right now. But it's also on Stitcher. It's on Apple Podcasts, which I do appreciate anyone leaving a review on because the more reviews we get on Apple Podcasts, the more uh, the show can be found by others. Because that's how a lot of these podcasts work, where the more reviews you have on Apple Podcasts, the uh, more people find you. Because that is the biggest uh, podcast distributor right now. We are also on Google Podcasts. We are on Spotify. Stitcher, I think I already said Stitcher, but uh, Podbean, Blueberry, Radio Public, and many of the directories. So honestly, just search in your search bar the Blaze Experience, and you will find us on any uh, most of the platforms there. If you don't want to have an app, then I have you covered there as well, because in the Discord there's a channel that has direct download links. If you just click any of the direct download links, it'll give you direct access to the episode. It'll just download that single episode to your uh, device that you're using without actually having an app on your device. So you have that option as well. But I really appreciate you all listening. Um, thank you for being here. And as always, thank you for listening to The Blaze Experience.